0: You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Pacers podcast. My name is Adam Friedman. As always, I'm a staff editor at IndyCornRows.com and one of the co-hosts of the Locked On Pacers podcast. On today's episode, it's all me. Once again, this will probably be the last uh, solo show of me, consecutively at least, um, to be on my third consecutive solo show. Tony and I will be back either Christmas Day or the day after Christmas with the podcast, so look for that. But for you guys listening on the Monday, happy Christmas Eve. hope you guys have the day off from work or whatever you're doing. If not, uh, have a good Christmas. All your families, if you don't celebrate Christmas, have a good uh, holidays. I know everybody's Christmas Day off, hopefully, so enjoy that. Before we get to today's podcast, I actually want to do one quick kind of pace-related shout-out. Um, I thought what Victor Lodipo did before the game, uh, giving away his most improved player card to Renita Hills, was, uh, was just awesome. Um, I know we don't usually kind of talk about social stuff, or really, it really isn't really a social issue, but just things that aren't basketball, like on-the-court related. But I just thought that thing, what he did was so cool. Um, the video, I mean, the way she reacted, I mean, it just... It was really inspiring and sort of uh, made me emotional, to be honest, the way she reacted and she was crying and she was so happy. And, you know, just another reminder of kind of the blur between basketball and giving back to the community and what Oladipo and really a lot of the other Pacers do in terms of just giving back to this community, to Indianapolis. You know, a lot of them are not native Indianapolis, Indiana, Hoosiers, whatever you want to call it, but... You know, being here for so many years, they feel connected to this team, this city. They've been, you know, Oladipo or if it's Miles Turner, you know, he does a lot of uh, some soup kitchen stuff. They were showing it on Fox Sports and all that kind of stuff. I mean, these guys who are not from Indianapolis or, the, or Hoosiers, you know, feel connection because of the way the fans, you guys out there really even, you know, the whole Pacers kind of world – connects to them, and they connect to the city, and they give back, and it's really awesome, I just thought that was really cool, I just wanted to give a shout out to Renita Hills and Fiduolo Debo for doing that, Um, I don't know how much of an impact that will have, but I just thought it was a really, really cool thing to happen, and I just wanted to point out, if you haven't seen the video, go to the Pacers Twitter page, or you can find it on, if you type in Fiduolo Depot Gives Away Car on Google, you can find it on ESPN or Yahoo Sports or all that stuff, it's a really good video, and it just, I thought it was really cool, and just worth kind of mentioning. Um, now let's kind of switch gears um, to today's game, where the Pacers won 105 to 89 in what was probably a uh, the least surprising win of their season. Only I say that only because last night, or I guess on Saturday if it was in this podcast on Monday. Um, the Washington Wizards played a three over time game. Let me pull up the box score from that real quick. But I mean, I watched the whole thing. Basically, I just turned it on about mid fourth quarter of that. Well, it was just getting to kind of see where they were at. Um, moderate then because it was obviously a back-to-back for them and seeing how many minutes you know Beal would play. Uh, I know Wald didn't play in the game in that game because he had some kind of he had flu symptoms or something. Kind of he was an illness. I think listed as an illness. But in that game, Bradley Beal played 54 minutes. Ariza 54 as well. Um, Jeff Green 49. Thomas Bryant 36. Thomas Sadarinsky 48 minutes. I mean that's a lot of minutes for those. Uh, top five guys, and so it was not surprising to me that they were uh, pretty tired heading into the Pacers game. You could kind of see it. Um, You know, taking out Wall out of the equation, well, even he shot, so he shot one of four from three, so the team shot eight of 32, from or eight of 31 from three, which is about 25%, give or take. Um, Beal was one of six. Reza was actually two of five wasn't terrible, but Beal overall was two of 11, and you could see he was tired. I mean, he was taking up, you know, you can tell a player is tired when his shot is hitting the front of the rim, but it just means he doesn't have his legs on him, under him to kind of be able to do it. Sadoranke um, has been terrible. He's 3 of 6. Jeff Green is 4 of 10. I mean, you could almost tell so defensively they just didn't have it tonight. Um, Wall, even though he didn't play on Saturday, was probably still recovering, and probably they probably needed him to play to have somebody with fresh legs, I guess. But I would say it was the least surprising win in the season just because, one, the Wizards are bad, and two, just the back-to-back, of playing a triple overtime game literally i think the game ended at like 10 o'clock eastern time and they played five o'clock eastern time the next day at the 17 hour turnaround traveling from washington to indy which is a two and a half hour flight by the time you land get your hotel it's probably 2 a.m maybe 3 a.m um you i mean you're turning around and trying to play basically 12 hours later i mean that's it's a brutal schedule by the nba and it was a brutal game and it just it's one of those schedule losses that helps the pacers um Washington also four and fifteen now on the road, so they're just a pretty terrible road team. I thought that helps Indiana, and I. If you're starting to notice a theme with the Pacers too recently, is they're starting besides the Cavs game, they're starting to beat up on the bad teams. That's a good sign, just because it means they're gonna make the playoffs. You know, I don't know what that means for their hopes of making the East finals, but it does mean that they are going to make the playoffs and probably be a top four or five. They don't lose that many bad games. You know, the Cavs was pretty awful, but. You know, they recovered two two wins against two teams who are not great in Brooklyn and in Washington. Uh, the best player on the court, I think it's pretty obvious that uh, the best player tonight was uh, Miles Turner, who shot 8 of 17 with 18 and 17. Uh, he continues to have a just rock star December. I mean, he has clearly turned a corner offensively. Um, you can see it because he's... So for a while, his jump shot was... An annoyingly 18 to 20 foot two point shot that he made at an okay rate, but not going to justify not taking a step back and shooting the three. But now he's gotten into these rhythms where he's getting the ball like 10 feet and nailing the jumper, which is a little more efficient of a jump shot. Obviously, you still want to get closer to the rim to take a more efficient shot because um, he still clunked some of those. But he's just kind of he's getting the ball and wanting to shoot. It's not the hesitation, it's get the ball, maybe I fake the pass and I shoot, but it's like in the motion, in the ready. You know, ready to take the jump shot. You know, not hesitating, which is which is good to see because also it means his teammates have kind of adjusted and are there, giving him the ball in spots. And you know, for a while the kind of underlying factor to Turner really his first let's say twenty games. I think this kind of started around game nineteen or twenty. His kind of hot streak since that injury. After that, um, was they just weren't getting the ball in good situations. Um, they were kind of doing their old forced two shots at the beginning of the game, and then. You know he finds kind of some shots here or there, and then he was kind of getting not good looks, and they weren't running a lot of actions with him in, so he didn't open no pick and rolls, and then they weren't trying to get him; they were kicking it out to him in the corner if he was there, and he wasn't in the corner a lot of times. So it's just now that his shot is falling, you're seeing Oladipo defer more, which you saw in this game particularly, where I think he um, had—I've got to see out top of my head now. I'm trying to blank from top of my head. Um, Stalling time to look up on uh, ESPN. Um, Oladipo had had nine assists in this game. And you're starting to see of people rely in, on, you know, be okay with deferring to Turner in the moment because he's like, Turner's playing really well. The same thing he's doing kind of with Thaddeus Young, who was being able to defer to in the moment, who he has 10 points. Um, Thaddeus Young is now like on a streak of, I think, 8 of 9 of the last 10 games with 10 or more points. Uh, he had 10 of 9. I mean, you know, Thaddeus Young's playing really well. Bones um, had a really good game again. I mean, Bones is a consistent, I would say, 15 and 10, it feels like, every night. You know, sometimes he has that one rebound game we had a couple nights ago, but his, his stats are now are and 14-9, and I would say he's probably, um, you know, should be considered sixth man of the year at this point. I mean, he's definitely a vital piece of this Pacer team. Um, I don't know. I just – the combination of Young, Turner, and Sabonis have been, were really good in this game. They've been really good kind of in the Pacers stretch with Outfic in this most recent run, and they just – those three have sort of – you know, Sabonis has – continue to play the level play in the season, and then Young and Turner have kind of elevated their game. And then, you know, I should, I should mention Bojan, too, has played really well, too. Um, you know, he hasn't been somebody to just scoff at. He, every night, seems to put up 15 points or something like that. He had 14 tonight, make a couple threes, like, and he's been a pretty good three-point shooter in the fourth quarter. Um, I thought tonight he was really good. You know, he was, probably wasn't really good tonight. He was okay tonight. He was kind of average Bojan, but... It just seems overall right now this team is clicking on all cylinders. That's really good. The holiday season, we'll see if this continues in January. We'll see if Ponytail Miles was a one-month blimp. If the 17-point game that he's done was a one-month blimp, and then continue this into January and into February, because then it becomes serious. You know, if this this is a, if Miles Turner sustains this level for two months, three months, four months, or somewhere close to it, it stops. It stops being conversation about is Turner, you know. What's Turner's ceiling to? Okay, Turner might be an all star if he, he plays like this. Level. Like the level Turner's playing at, he might be an all star. He might be one of the better centers in the league. I mean, you got to factor in his defense with his offense. You know, if he's an, you know, I think I've always thought I'm not sure he ever get 20 points per game, but if he could be 18 and 10 every night, he becomes quickly one of the best centers in the league because of his defense. I mean, he becomes a better version of. Kind of go bare because he can protect the rim, but he can be on the court. He can guard guys on the perimeter. And he can shoot the three. I mean, that's what he becomes. He becomes a unicorn, and you know he becomes this almost unstoppable player. And then put him in the pick and rolls, and he's almost unstoppable because he can hit that three point shot. He put him next to Vic. I mean, that's a lethal duo, and he's starting to show. You know, I would say I think he had kind of one of these runs maybe in his second season, and then he kind of leveled off last season. So um, I think last season too, part of it was, and I mentioned at the time last season at least that. He would get kind of going a little bit, and then he'd hurt, and then it would throw him off, and he wouldn't have to take a little bit to get back in, get back in shape and all that stuff. Well, this season, he stayed healthy. He had, you know, he missed a game here or there, but he hasn't had a sustained injury stretch. Um, He seems to be healthy right now, no little ninks, you know, little bruises, whatever it is. He doesn't have anything major, no knee injuries, no elbow injuries, no concussions, things like that, and as he plays more games and keeps playing better each game, he can build on that the next game, and so on and so on, and hopefully you know, this becomes a sustained thing. You know, I don't think I don't think every night he's gonna have eighteen and seven heads a tonight. Like that's just not gonna happen. But if but you know, if three out of every four games he has eighteen and twelve and then he has maybe one game where he has ten and seven. But then that kinda keeps the average growing and so on and so on and kind of he quickly becomes, you know, borderline one of the best centers in the in the Eastern Conference. I mean, you know, in terms of center wise, I'm trying to think kind of who are the better centers than right now in the East at least. Um I mean, Porzingis, when he comes back, probably is. Uh, it's probably I mean, I'm trying to think who else. I mean, Giannis doesn't really play center. If you call him a center, I guess, if you want to. Um, you know, the best teams. So, Horford is probably a better center when he's healthy. Uh, and Bede's a better center when he's healthy. So, those are probably the two for sure that are better than him. And then you're looking at, well, he doesn't have one. Toronto is playing Ibaka, who I don't think at Ibaka's best and Turner's best is could be is better than him. Like, for sure. I think, I'm think i not sure right now if Bach is better than him. on, You know, I'm. it would be more of a toss-up. Um, and then when you go on the list, you're kind of looking like Fusevich's having a really good year, but I don't know where he ranks. You know, he's a basically good stat, bad team kind of guy. So I, I'm encouraged right now the way Turner has really played the last few games. And I hope he continues into the new year. That's all I can say. I'm not sure I can uh, elaborate after that because it's all guessing, but I hope he sustains the way he's heading. Let's take a quick break real fast, and then on the other side of the break, I'm going to talk about one of the most frustrating things from this game. Welcome back in the Locked On Pacers podcast. I think the most frustrating thing, I'm speaking for a lot of fans here, when I say, why the fuck were Oladipo, Sabonis, Turner, Bojan, and I think DC was the fifth guy, in this game with five minutes left or six minutes left when they were up 22 points? I get it. They don't play for three days. I get that McMillan does this a lot. It's not an excuse for past issues. It's not an excuse for current problems. Um, I understand that they have this culture where they're supposed to play tough for 48 minutes and they don't ever give up and whatever it is. And this game really was never really in doubt about the six-minute mark. Uh, Beal wasn't back in the game, I don't believe. I mean, the the Washington given up, yet they're out there playing Oladipo. He's flying around. He doesn't know anything but 110%. I mean, it's ridiculous that he's out there, and it's it's stupid. I mean, it's it's frankly just stupid to play Oladipo. I think he ended up playing, what, 36, 37 minutes? Um, yeah, you played 36 minutes. Turner played 32 minutes. I get some bonus maybe because he had been in some foul trouble, so maybe you, get, you leave him out there and you play Sabonis with the bench guys. But, like, we should have seen... The five-minute mark, like a holiday to leave from the game at least. I mean, I get maybe you want to leave one or two good players just in case they make kind of a run. So leave Sabonis out there and leave maybe DC because he played only 22 minutes or something like that. But I just, for the life of me, cannot understand why Oladipo was in this game after all his injuries. Turner, still the same way. I can't believe he was in this game. I just don't understand it. I just, I frankly don't understand it. And I think it's just bad, stupid coaching. And it's almost like he... Mitt Millen just forgot, like, he's just like, oh, that's right, we're up 26 minutes left to take the guys out, like, he didn't think about it, like, there needs to be some designated coach to tell him, you know, oh, hey, look, coach, we're up 25 points, Bill's in the game, their stars aren't in the game, we should take our starters out with six minutes left, like, it's kind of like in the NFL, where they, they should have a designated coach to do clock management, you know, when you're end of game situations, when to call timeouts, when to challenge, you know, or, uh, you know, when to, when it spiked the ball, they have kind of like kind of the run joke with Andy Reed is right. Andy Reed is such a bad end of game manager that they should have like a specific coach to run that part of his of his game plan. Well, Navy Millen needs one of those, you know, an end of game manager in terms of like, oh, coach, you know, we're up twenty five points. We should probably take our starters out. And you could see it too, because there was one point where Oladipo just started jacking up like twenty five foot three point shots. Um and you could see it was kinda like, We're up twenty five. Why am I in this game? I'm gonna just kind of kind of half half do it, and I'm pretty sure he took one of these long threes, and then he was in the game for two or three more solid minutes, like, it wasn't like, took that shot and they pulled him, it was like, he took that shot and then it have been three more minutes, I mean, it, it was ridiculous, I, frankly, I, we're lucky that did not get hurt as Pacer fans, because if Odie got hurt, it would have been bad, so it was 625, Pacers up 19, Odeebo, I believe, missed, like, a 19-foot pull-up, um, no, sorry, I'm thinking of that. 449, He, they're up 21, he missed a 26-foot three-point pull-up, right? At that point, I'm thinking, okay, he's just saying, I'm tired of getting out of this game. William doesn't leave the game until, I think, 206. No, one, yeah, no, not even that, 156, stays in the game. Then finally, yeah, 156 gets pulled out. Uh, he fouls somebody and then gets pulled out for Aaron Holiday. Like, had four minutes, he should have been out of this game with 21, I just don't understand it. Um I know I get they kind of cut at it a little bit. I guess they cut it to fifteen, but it's because the stars don't want to be out there. That's why they cut it to fifteen. The stars were like, "We don't want to be in this game. Can we have our, you know, backups come run hard minutes?" Because Aaron Holiday could use the minutes for sure. Let him go out there and play six minutes of crunch of end of game play. Holiday's played great recently. I mean, Holiday is definitely starting to make a case that he should be in there over Tyreek Evans at some point. I mean, they, he just is a pretty decent player. Aaron Holiday is like, he's he has room to grow, but he's shown that he has signs of life as a rookie, which is. Really good because there's none of that at a T.J. Leaf, but um, I just don't understand why McMillan was had the starters in. I think this is an issue that's been an issue, and you know until somebody gets hurt, until you see a player get hurt in the last five minutes, it's never gonna it's never gonna pop in McMillan's mind. You know I think if some of the more national media or some of the more bigger media like the Indy Star or uh, I'm trying to think I mean there's not a lot see the problem with it is there's not a lot of. Um, I'm not sure McMillan cares about the media because there's a lot of blogging media like um, this podcast and where I write written corners where, like, I'm not sure we've reached the ecosystem of what McMillan cares about and watches. And I'm not sure who in the media can critique him and get to him. Um, maybe Doyle can. Maybe some – you know what I mean? But it wouldn't come on Doyle. Maybe J. Michael can. But I'm not sure they would get on their radar until, you know, until somebody gets heard. And maybe J. Michael asked him about it at the game, and I don't know if he did. But – Somebody needs to keep reminding him, hey, why are we playing our starter with six minutes left up 20? Why, 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 why? It's ridiculous and it needs to stop. And if somebody gets hurt, it's going to be Millen's fault and it's going to really just annoy me and annoy this team. And it's going to, frankly, I was waiting for the moment all deep gets hurt in the last six minutes of a game where they're up 20 points. And the outcry and the anger and the, I mean, he might, my Mill might be fired in that moment, and, you know, or my, you know, that might be the downhill spiral spiral of his time in the end if that happens. Um God, I can't believe he played a start or six minutes left of twenty points. I just especially with no stars in Washington in the game. I can't believe he did that. Oh, all right. Um, I don't think I got anything else for locked on Pacer Podcast today. Like I said, Tony and I will be back Christmas day or day after Christmas for the podcast. I think we're recording it tomorrow night. Um I did say I want to do a mailbag at some point, so if anyone wants to send out questions Feel free to tweet out Locked On Pacers. I compiled a little bit of them, but keep turning them out, sending them out. We'll probably do it in the new year at some point. Um so maybe probably thinking like the week after the new year, some J- week of like January seventh that week we'll be we'll do a mailbag podcast. But I think it's time. We're our last one I think was right around Thanksgiving, so it's time to do another mailbag podcast, I think. That is all for today's Locked on Pacers podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Locked on Pacers, me at Freeman 5 and my co-host, Tony East at NBA. That's all I got. Have a great holiday, holiday, uh, holiday, I guess not weekend, but holiday Monday, Tuesday, and uh, see you guys back on Wednesday.